generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 43 to verse 51. I don't think this thing should be that complicated. Alright, John chapter 6. The word says from verse 43. Uh, we're going to read from verse 43 all the way to verse 51. Here's what the word says. Can we go through it together? Jesus therefore answered, Are you there? From 43. And we're going to read it all the way to 51. Just about eight verses, 43 to 51. Of the count of three, two, let's read. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me not that anyone has seen the father except he who is from God he has seen the father most assuredly I say to you he who believes in me has everlasting life I am the bread of life your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead this is the bread which comes from heaven that one may eat of it and not die I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh. Which I shall give for the life of the world. Verse 51, verse 48 says, I am the bread of life. Somebody say, Jesus is the bread. Not everybody said it. We have to say it together. Somebody say, Jesus is the bread of life. So notice that it says, I am the bread of life. Verse 51, it says, I am the living bread. Verse 48 says, I am the bread of of life. Verse 51 says, I'm not just the bread of life, I am the living bread. That means that whatever you saw me do, however you saw me, you ready? Ever you saw me manifest in the Old Testament, in Bible times, can I still do it now? Why? Because I'm the, not just that I'm the bread of life, but because I'm still living. So if I could sneeze yesterday, if I'm alive, can I still sneeze today? If I could dance yesterday, if I'm alive, can I still dance today? So Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look at somebody say, no more junk food. 
of you said it, you didn't loop, some of you looped, and you didn't say anything. I want to look at somebody eyeball to eyeball and say, talking to you right now, no more junk food. Please raise your hand real quick if you know. Some of you don't even know. He You want a million dollars. You don't want a million dollars. But some people should not want it. Because you don't know what to do with it. Like some of you get a million dollars, that's the end of dreams, goals, purpose, destiny, plans. You just travel to Malibu or Spanish Rivera, someplace, somewhere, and you just spend the money there. And after a few years, you discover the million dollars isn't that much. So it's like, no, I will never discover it. It will be much for me. So the calculation, how much a million dollars? 365 million naira. So if you spend 36 million naira a year, that would be 10 years. Just I don't mind. It's okay. Alright. But raise your hand if you love food. Food. It's an essential part. See that? Some people are raising their legs. Like, not just my two hands, my legs must represent this. I love food. I can't lie. I love the taste of it. Some of you, how many of you just love the taste of food? It tastes nice. Some of you don't really like the taste, but you love the look. When it's well presented, right? And so you, you take pictures. <laughs> so like you're sticking your tongues in the now eating. No. Why do many people in this generation have the compulsive desire to tell people that they are eating? The food is interesting. Alright, that's allowed. Some of you don't even really think about the taste as such, but you love the smell. As in, like, you love the smell, you get full because of the smell. So, essentially, you save money. Like, so when you want to eat Gary and Akara, you go to somebody who fries Akara next door. But for real. <laughs> Sounds like there's a video like that, I had no idea. That's just crazy, right? Some of us just like the smell of food. Like dundu with the pepper. Some of you are so gifted, you can even smell boiling water. What's cooking? You don't need anything to cook. Food related. But love food is a big part of our culture. It's a big part of our lives. It's a big part of our I want to make it environment. Thank you. But hope we have the visuals. I'll tell you the next time. Yeah. So it's a big part of our lives. At home, we eat food. At work, how many of you have those colleagues at work that always bring all kinds of foods? And they invade. You're the person. You take over the atmosphere as if your food was the glory of God. At work, how about at parties? At parties, a lot of people are so caught up with the desire for food. So you see this babe looking all prim and proper, all well put together, makeup and fleek and everything, and then next to the trays are passing her by, like the fried rice and the small chops. Excuse me, 
he will fall it over just to run you've not served this table they say even some ladies trying to seduce the waitress because of food it's a part of our culture and the good thing is that food is not man's idea food is God's idea it was God that said, man, you can eat all those lovely things. The word says in the book of Psalms 145 verse 15, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. Psalm 145 verse 15, Psalm 136 verse 25 says, he gives food to every creature his love endures forever. So he connects food with love. Isn't that interesting? The God is able to connect even the things that you think are just material and fleeting to his love for you. So God gave us food as a function of his love for us. He didn't give us food to punish us. He didn't give us food to manipulate us. How many of you know that you can give somebody food to manipulate them? Nollywood. They can put a portion in your portion. You get that? And I don't know why in every movie when they are trying to poison somebody, they have to taste. So you can give somebody food to manipulate them. So take over the internal environment. Take over their senses. So in as much as food is God's design, God's blueprint, God's idea for us, we must also understand that whatever God means for good, the enemy means for evil. One of the things that the devil does is that he tries to pervert anything that God creates for proper use. So sex... It's created by God, was created by God. Sex is God ordained, sex is God given, sex is God designed within the context of marriage. Something can be good, but when taken out of context, it becomes destructive. The fire that can boil my yam can burn my house. When it graduates or when it extends beyond the context, of its defined purpose. Isn't that true? Water is good. But when water outgrows its limits in my house, what do we call that? It becomes a flaw. So the same thing that is good can become bad when I'm not holding it in the right context. It's one of some of the reasons or some of the reasons God gave us food. Number one, God gave us food because of his love for us. That's what the word says in Psalm 136. God loves us. And so he gave us food. How many remember that the first time, or maybe not the first time, earlier on when you met somebody that you liked, soon after you met the person, food came into the equation. You went to eat out, or you went to eat in, and some people, when they eat in, they also take but sadly, some people eat out and take out what they took in when they ate 
So food, and unfortunately some of you in your days of naivety, it was food that took you in and food that took you out. Many layers of metaphors in there. But observe this earlier on in your relationship what happened. Food came into the equation. When you invited your bobber or your, hopefully not your bob, when you invited your bobber to the house to introduce him, was there food involved or not? Most likely. Except the family was just one of those families. They're like, ah, let him bring his own food now. So food has a connection of love to it. Don't forget the first instruction that God gave man revolved around what? First major instruction, right? Revolved around, come on guys, talk to me. Food. Man fell because of something he ate. First Adam. The last Adam The last Adam resurrected us or raised us out in a different garden where he decided not to eat but to be eaten. Sin came because of food. Salvation comes as a result of food. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. So what you eat can either feed condemnation or feed redemption. Look at somebody say, what are you eating? What are you eating? So God gave us food because of his love for us, number one. Number two, God gave us food because of nutrition. He wants us to have nutrition for our bodies. Why our body is very important. Our bodies are the vehicles for our purpose. Let's say that together. My body is the vehicle for my purpose. Only seven people on this side said and only three people on this side. Let's say together, my body, my body is the vehicle for And the same way a vehicle needs fuel to move, my body needs the right fuel to move, to function, to operate, to travel, to carry the weight I have to carry, to dispense the duties, the responsibilities, to discharge the assignments at my disposal. So for that to happen, my body must have food, right? So what does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now he never says man shall not live by bread. What does it say? Man shall not live by bread. That means that man shall live by bread too. But bread is not the only fuel you need because what bread does is that bread feeds or fuels the human body. Even Jesus, the living word, he had to take on a human body for him to function on earth. You remember what it said? It said, behold, I come in the volumes of the books that is written of me to do your will, O God. It says, thou dost not delight in sacrifices and burnt offerings, but a body you have prepared for me. That means that without a body prepared, my spirit will just be floating around the earth. That means that the better the body or the healthier the body, the faster I can fulfill my purpose 
And the more sluggish the body is, the more slothful and sloppy and bolosious. The body is the more my purpose is jeopardized. So look at this. The enemy knows that if I can corrupt your feel, I can limit your movement. Because if you're driving the car, how many of you drive cars? You better raise your hand in the spirit. Come on, people, you drive cars, don't you? Drive cars. And when we have the, the fuel shortage, fuel scarcity, you have those guys by the roadside selling what? Black market. And sometimes their fuel is as black as their market. So you have floating things and particles like stuff somersaulting in the field, like living creatures in the field. Like you can't really see them physically, come on, people. But they are in the field, and what happens is they've mixed and remixed the field with some other solvent or chemical to increase the volume. And every time you increase the volume of something inorganically, you corrupt its essence. Trying to help somebody right now. So I'm starting slow deliberately because it's quite a sensitive one. I'm speaking to both your natural dimension and your spiritual dimension. And there are many believers who are charged up in the spirit but they are so broken in their bodies. Wake up feeling sick. And then the anointing you should use for redemptive purposes you are using to sustain your body. I'm not preaching yet. I'm not Preaching yet. Not somebody say uh, it's talking to you this morning. So they increase the volume, but they jeopardize the composition of the fuel. And so when the fuel gets into your car, it drives well for one or two days. Then after a while, tuku 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 tuku. The fuel pump or the fuel injector is clogged up with dirt. And so what happens a lot of times to our bodies is that we are eating toxin and we are calling it enjoyment. The bokoto, you are pulling it like this. Someone looks at your clothes and goes, Wow, I love your polka dots. Stew. Everywhere. You enter the party with white clothes. Here you are now, looking all ready. Because of. For some of us, it's not that, it's just meat pie. Meat pie. Meat pie. Meat meat. That's your page, right? If you can't say it in English, say it in tongues. Look at someone say loco coco. It's talking about you this morning. So it's for nutrition. Food was designed for nutrition. Not excess. Not to get back at people. Not to prove a point of I have arrived. 
I've arrived. I've arrived. I've landed. So you go for a buffet and you buffet your body with the buffet because you're scooping everything. The greens, the reds, the orange, the colorless, pounded yam, fried rice. (laughs) And your plate is overflowing. But your body is still not getting what it needs. Because what many of us end up doing is that we end up putting brick oil in our fuel tank. Let something just be there. So the brick oil is viscous, it's colored, but like I like it, it's thicker. So when it comes to food, more does not always mean better. doesn't always mean better doesn't always mean like you're getting it right like everything is hunky-dory doesn't always mean God wants you to be nourished don't forget what the Bible says it says that no man Ephesians chapter 5 hates his own body but every man cherishes and nourishes there's a difference between feeding and nourishing because not every food is nourishing Some of us are used to eating the bark of things and the peel of stuff. And for some foods, the bark is nourishing. For some foods, the bark is poison. Look at some and say, what are you eating these days? Come on, see, don't be shy. Look ahead. See, what are you eating these days? Now all of a sudden, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. So there are dreams and goals and visions and ambitions in your head, but any small thing, you're already sleeping. I didn't come to play games this morning. Not somebody say we're at, we're at kings this morning. But some of you, it's because your body is shutting down because you don't have enough energy to stay awake when when your computer has been inactive for a while it hibernates some people's brains are in hibernation mode because the brain when it's thinking actively it literally fires off electric current are you aware of that that's what happens literally it's electric electricity See, there is nothing science has invented that is not a shadow of what God already puts in the human body or the human system. Nothing. Whatever it is, cars, what are cars? Cars are animals that are automated. An animal has four legs, a car has four wheels. An animal has two eyes, a car has headlamps. Come on, people. What's, what's an aircraft? It's a, a bird. That is mechanically and electronically sustained. So there is nothing man can do that will make God go, that's impressive. Oh, man, man, man. But I made you shout so I still get the accolades. God is not, God is not impressed. It says the glory of God to conceal a matter is the glory of kings to search it out. So every scientific discovery is a scientific discovery. Inventions are literally discoveries in sequence. 
So your brain fires off current and it needs power which comes from the nutrients. So there are some people, see one of the challenges with poor governors, the poor governors leads to a lot of poverty and poverty leads to redundancy of the brain. It's not just about people going on strike. Even when people are not on strike, their brains are often on strike. Because there's no food to fill the thinking process. There is an amount of food required for thinking. Have you not noticed that when you're hungry, you're angry? You're irritable. You're short-tempered. And you think it's a spiritual problem. hunger real talk hunger that's why the bible says that he opens up his hands and he satisfies the hunger of all living why because god knows that mankind or creatures cannot optimize their potential when they are hungry that's why even Jesus when he came to them and he saw them they were sheep without shepherd like sheep without shepherd and scattered the word says he had compassion upon them and then he said get them something to why? because people will not be able to receive the bread of life if they haven't first eaten the bread of this life see messages flying over people's heads all across Africa Many minds cannot even process intelligent thoughts. The only time they are awake is when they say, say amen. Since we're talking about food, let's shake some tables. You get it? Because you serve the food on a... I tell you, it's, it's not a lie. Many minds are not nourished. And so they're easily seduced, distracted, broken, shattered, discouraged. Look at somebody saying, what are you eating? Some of you don't want to see that. Say it in a posh, in a posh way. What are you eating? Look at somebody say, what are you eating? Shop, Seth. It's your eye with a pop like a... Uh, Headlamp. We eaten. Number three, God gave us food for strength. Remember when Elijah was running away, running away, running, running, running away from Jezebel, and then he finds himself in a faraway place. He runs to a broom tree and is sleeping there. And the angel comes to him and tells him, "Away, arise, and." eat. Why? Because the journey is far. That means there's a connection between journey and food. If your ministry or destiny or business journey is supposed to last a hundred years and your eating pattern will only sustain your body for 60 years, you will have 60 years or 40 years of assignment undone. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is serious stuff. Nifem, let's walk together. This is Nifem's destiny over there. Nifem's destiny is T-Banch. T-Banch, stand over there. 
God has ordained a trajectory. That's where she's supposed to go. That's where she's supposed to end up. That's the calling. But let's keep going. Let's keep going. But every now and again as we're going, Nifemi is eating some fries and some things around there. Nifemi is eating, nibbling. I'm like, no, leave that stuff. Come, come, come. Let's live the said, no, all things are lawful. I can enjoy myself. Because sometimes we quote scriptures to God, don't we? Come, come, come. And at some point, the body can't move again. Listen, stand it. So, so the body keeps... That's not your portion in Jesus' name. But the body sees the promise. But the body cannot walk into the promise. Because you can have vision and not have locomotion. You've got vision, you've got ideas, you've got dreams, but your body is too weak, too sloppy, too tired, too broken, too battered, too shattered, too what else to move. And so we don't talk a lot about it because we'd rather have healing services instead of having a healthy lifestyle. We need to find a way to make this message viral, shouldn't we? Because when we're in our 20s and 30s, we don't really feel it. But ask anybody who's about 45 or 48 and 50, and they tell you sometimes they want to get up, but the body's not quite moving as well. They used to be able to do leg walk, but now even the hand is not working as well. Come on, people. And so when they dance, in their minds, they're really grooving and jiving, but on the outside, is looking like this. When do you start taking care of the car? Not when it breaks down. You take care of the car from the time you get it. And many of us are 20, 30 years behind in this matters. Because you are in the culture of Abula, Amola, Amola, Abula. Okoto, Eronson, Eronbe, Eronele, Ejaoson. Ejakika, Ejadidi, Ejaoro, Ejaro, Ejaro, Manla. When you start eating things whose names you don't understand, you know you're already crossing the boundaries. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it because at the end you're not going to be like, doesn't we shouldn't eat anything? No. He says, He's given us all good things freely to enjoy. In Genesis 1, He says, Of the green herb I've given to you, so the vegetarians say, Well, God says, Eat only virgins. But Genesis 9, He said, I've given to you every living creature. Acts 10, it says, Do not call unclean what I've called clean. So, yes, you can eat these things, but eat in moderation. And eat the best form that you can find, access, or afford. Many of us are not intentional at all. We eat on the go. And one day, we stop going. Fast food. 
so for strength, but there are many other reasons. I want us to show, I want to show us a video. Let's celebrate. Sister Neves are looking fine. And Sister Toy with the bright and beautiful colors. So here is the destiny. The destiny is like, come, 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 come. And in her mind, she can come. And that's when people start saying stories like, I remember when I was a young man. At 48. I remember when I was a hot chick. Back in the days. But when we check out certain cultures, even on planet Earth, the Asians, 75 and still climbing stairs. That's why please, as often as you can, climb stairs. Jump over huddles and puddles. Release the child in you. Because some of you are already so... You're 23. So do you know what I'm going through? Do you know what I'm carrying on my head? It's your weave on. It's your... I'm sorry. No, that, that was wrong. I'm sorry, guys. It wasn't your weave. It's not, it's not your weave on. I'm just joking. No, no. That's not your weave on. But the thing is this. Be alive and active. Release the inner child. What did Jesus say? Jesus said that the kingdom belongs to those who are like children. So the dimensions of the kingdom you will walk in are a function of how childlike you are when it comes to your dealings with God. And some of us are so adultish that we've become adulterated. We've grown up for God. Why did people used to walk like that? Because of Snoop, right? Then they'll put the like trousers around here with a pinafore tied to their dress or something crazy. Anyway, but God wants your life to be fully lived. I used to think, you know, I used to think this that it is when you die that that's when your destiny has ended or your assignment has, that is death that truncates your life. But God showed me Jesus and showed me Paul that you can finish your race while you are alive and have siesta. You can. Jesus said, now I have glorified you. I have done the work you have sent me to do. In other words, in his mind, he had even died on the cross. The cross was just a physical proof for all men to see it. Because the word says the Lamb of God was slain from before the foundations of the world. So when they said who is able to break the seal and open it, there was silence in heaven the space of half an hour. And then the Lamb said, and then they worshipped the Lamb. It was a concluded thing. So on earth, he said, now glorify your son. And the way God was going to glorify him was through the cross. All the earth will see the finished work. What did Paul say? I have run the race. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished my course. Was he alive or not? Yes. So death is not supposed to determine the end of your assignment. So people say things like, oh, that man of God died at 54. He has finished his work. Who told you? 
I mean, we can say things like the Lord took him or the Lord is gone with the Lord. Maybe the Lord did not even take him. What I mean is the Lord will take his spirit because your spirit will never see death. Come on, people. The spirit of the believer never sees death. Too full of life. Jesus said, he that believes in me, he has eternal life and he shall not see death. What he says in John 6, he says, I will raise him up in the last day. Come on, somebody glorify God for redemption. Glorify God for life. Glorify God for newness. Glorify God for strength in the spirit. Glorify God. Father, we thank you. We close our eyes here and we see glory gleams in heaven. We see Jesus magnified. We see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One moment away from this world, you're going to be in a better place. In fact, the best place. Do you know why some of you cannot imagine it? Because you cannot imagine it. Even if you could. Oh, pure please. Oh, not the biscuit. <laughs> Just the glory of God. So you have no business being scared of death. Paul said to leave us uh, to die. To leave us Christ to die is gain. In other words, death is profitable to the believer. But one is profitable to the other believers on earth. The unbelievers is life. The life of the believer being fully expressed is a benefit to other believers on earth that he's called and connected to and to other people. Thank you very much. Let's quickly watch this video. It's about four and a half minutes or something, but please pay attention. It's from a show that my wife and I used to watch very beautifully a uh, long time ago. I'm not sure whether they still show it, but we don't. Doctors? All right. I love it. It's a beautiful show. So also watch shows like that from time to time or go online. I'll talk about junk food after this video. Some of you, it's not just your body, your mind is filled with junk. <laughs> I said junks. But let's watch this and uh, look at some of the message. If you're listening to this message on SoundCloud, you can look for this video online. It's called How Food Affects your body or how eating affects your body and is by doctor. I want to make it very clear. I wasn't acting in any of that. And probably the number one thing I noted through that experiment is by the end of it, I was in a fog. My mind wanted to do nothing but lay on the couch and I couldn't think straight. I felt terrible. But the irony is there was a small part of me that said, you know what? It's okay because I've got that next fast food meal to satisfy me. What's going on? That belly fat that I was building is so toxic to so many systems in your body, including your brain, that over time I was becoming literally a train wreck. And that was in one week. But what I'm going to do here is show you what was happening. So this is me. No big deal at the start of the project. And you're thinking, what's, what is the big deal? You ate a fast food meal. So that fast food enters your belly, your body. You know what it wants? It wants nutrients. So it's looking for nutrients in this meal. But instead, what is it finding? I'll tell you what it's finding. Way too much sugar in these fast food meals. This is way too much salt. And then 
what would make me feel so just, number one, at first satisfied, but so terrible later, all of these fat globules. And what's happening over time as these are digested is one thing. Within 15 minutes, maybe that sugar's absorbed into your bloodstream, and I want to talk about what I felt. I felt great. You want to know why I felt great? Because my brain was was literally releasing serotonin and dopamine, just like in a heroin addict's brain. It felt wonderful as that sugar was coming into my system. I was happy. I was living. It was great. But let's go back to what sugar also does. What you're seeing there, that's insulin attaching itself to sugar. But insulin does a very funny thing in the human body. What does it do? It tells your body that you're about to hit a famine because you've got so much sugar, we need to do something with it. So what's about to happen here? I want you to focus on this area. That insulin is telling your body to store fat right around your midsection. The more sugar you eat, all of these meals, tell your body, store it. Because there's a long stretch coming up ahead where we're not gonna have any food, so we better store it all. But as you continue to look deeper inside my body, this, these are the fat cells. Why is this important? Not only are you building more fat cells after these meals, but the fat cells themselves are getting bigger. Basically, in, embedding all those internal organs in toxic goop. I want to show everyone your heart, because this is really what was working harder in me. So my heart, after I would eat these meals, literally would have to work double time, pumping harder. My blood pressure would go up. And as you see my heart beating, I want to remind you of a study that I did during this experiment that that scared me quite a bit. You may remember, this is a picture of my artery after a meal. My arteries no longer expanded the way they're supposed to after one meal. And so blood flow decreases after one meal. I don't want that in my life. Instead, what I want is for good things to happen. But what happens, oh, let's say maybe 30 minutes to an hour after my meal? Let's not forget about your brain. Because before, you remember how I showed you all those areas lighting up? Well, now what you're looking at, that is the hypothalamus signaling your body to release cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone. Guess what it does? Not only does it help you store more fat here, but it, believe it or not, it makes you want to eat more. So I was on a Ferris wheel. I was on a vicious cycle. Eat more, feel terrible, eat more. And that's no good because I'm going to tell you the kicker of all this. This is what can happen to a body. Less than one week, I put on eight pounds. You may not care about this, but I do. My blood pressure was fabulous, 114 over 76. In less than one week, my diastolic blood pressure entered the prehypertensive zone, meaning I actually was developing high blood pressure during this experiment. That was five days. So imagine for everyone out there who does this each and every meal, what you're doing to your bodies. The important lesson is since this project was finished, I've actually gone back to being healthier than ever. I feel wonderful each and every day is a joy. You can take these ending numbers, you can push them back to a good range. But the one thing I have to emphasize is it's the choices you make every single day that matter. It's so easy to say yes to all that bad stuff out there. And it definitely scared me to see how easy it was to fall into an unhealthy routine. But in the end, I didn't feel good. My body felt bad. My brain felt bad. I felt sad to some extent. I need you to listen to that voice. It's never too late to make a change.
Some people are clapping. Some people are sober. How do you feel? How do you feel? Sober. You feel enlightened because you're light skinned. Okay. How do you guys feel? You feel bad, right? Yeah. Because there needs to be a dimension of remorse. Because what we have done is that we have abused our bodies and you broke it down in a very nice way. Because what happens is what you're eating is really not helping you. It's actually hurting you. And it's addictive because the more of it you eat, the more of it you want to eat. And then the body tries to cope with it by fighting or releasing certain things that it's not supposed to release. And so your heart is overworking itself. So you see a lot of heart-related diseases for people who are not even like 70 yet. Isn't that true? Now, there's even another disadvantage. I mean, I was in America, I think, two years ago, and I saw this guy at the airport. I was so sad. I was so, so sad. I don't remember seeing a person I'm feeling that sad, as in a human being, I'm feeling that sad before, because what happened was he was so big, so huge. Worse still, he was pushing someone who was most likely his mother or his auntie in a wheelchair. And I know that she could walk because I saw her stand up at some point, but she was so big, she couldn't move by herself. So he's seeing an older woman in his life. And that's a prophecy of his future if he doesn't do something. And some of us have maybe historical antecedents in our families where dad had this cardiac arrest and his grandfather and his great-grandfather and all of that. And then we've not asked ourselves the questions, what can I do differently apart from praying and binding these demons? Because see, we can bind demons, but you can't bind principles. God is like you're binding me because I put the principle in motion. So the, the body, now what's the disadvantage? That's America, this guy's in America. But in Africa, we have other disadvantages. The potholes can give you a heart attack by themselves. Use the blood of Jesus for everything. It's supposed to be for the forgiveness of sins, redemption. And the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1 7, Ephesians 1 14. <laughs> Hebrews 7 8 9. Oh, we sprinkle it like insecticide. Because of the violation of, of principles. So let me go through about seven things. I'll just itemize them. One of the things that happens when we begin to expose ourselves to junk food, one of the things that happens is our systemic processes are hindered. Our systems don't function the way they should. And I want to translate now from just material food to also mental and spiritual food. Because some of us are saying, well, I don't take junk food naturally, but you take a lot of junk food spiritually. If you're on a gossip blog every day, you are eating junk. Whether it's extra blog or junk, the things that feed your fear, feed your agitation, feed your self of insecurity, 
And all of that, in fact, let me quickly define what junk food is. A simple thing would be that junk food is any food that does not hold any reasonable and applicable measure of nutrients. Reasonable and applicable relative to what you're consuming. That's junk food. And many of us are used to that. I want to read something. We're used to that. We consume it everywhere we go. And oftentimes what happens is, so a food that is that is high in calories but low in nutritional content. Low in nutritional content. It's quick and easy to eat. It's quick and easy to prepare, but it's unhealthy. It is not good for the health because it is high in things that the body needs to work extra hard to deal with. Now, <laughs> it's difficult for you to find any inspirational life-giving material on a junk blog, isn't so? This is the soul. Because you now become what cynical about humanity. About life. You look at everybody with suspicion. Hmm. Only God knows how many people you're sleeping with. Only God knows how many people he buried under that church for it to grow to 10,000. Because you've heard and they overexposed your mind to things that was not designed to process. Additives. Come on somebody. That's part of it. Junk food, a lot of additives, right? And they are synthetic material. Not organically developed. Man-made. A lot of salt. Have you taken some fries before, especially abroad? Taken the mac and cheese before? Come on, people. And it is so cheesy, it's like fatty. It tastes good, but it does not feel good on the body. It stresses the body. So number one, systems begin to break down. Spiritually, when we take junk food, our digestive systems begin to break down. Because you become so obsessed with poor doctrine that even when you're hearing a good message in your mind, you're already judging the preacher. Because you're so used to junk food. Socially, somebody says, I love you. Hmm. That's so. Man has come. Why? Because you've been eating has come all along. Yeah, from relationships and stuff, being exposed to that. Women always cheat. Women always lie. Women are easy. Because that was your experience. So systems begin to break down. Number two, systems. Part of the system that breaks down is that the, your arteries, like you were saying, now begin to get blocked up and stuff. Like number two, things become slow and sluggish. So you eat all those fries and pies and Sorrows and stuff, and all the things, oily foods. In Africa, we love oil so much. The fish has to be swimming in the sea of oil. Oil. Sometimes we use oil to fry oil. They will say, She ekmuyeti ba. In other words, they say that as the oil bad. <laughs> no. 
As the oil was. I don't know. As the oil bleached. Have you bleached the oil? And then it bleaches the stomach. Because what you are is what you do, right? What you give. So everything becomes slow. Some of us spiritually were eating a lot of junk and we're slow in responding to God. Slow in responding to the promises of God. We're operating in slow motion. God says, go out of that place. I will junk food number three it attacks the heart it attacks the heart the heart of the matter the heart of your life what does Jesus say Jesus tells us something in the book of Matthew and I love this one the book of Matthew chapter 13 verse 15 you know the story when it spoke about the guy who was planting the, the, the seed the sower went to sow his seed and some fell by the wayside some fell on thorny ground some fell on good ground uh, some fell on hard ground now look at what the word says when it was explaining about people that cannot hear he said this people's heart is waxed gross and their are dull of hearing. He says that their hearts have grown callous. The Greek word there is pakuno, and pakuno means to be coated with fat. That their hearts are filled with fat. Isn't that what happens materially, organically, biologically? What happens? The heart now becomes overworked because it's trying to deal with fat that it was not designed to handle in the first place. And there are those of us who have eaten so much gong spiritually and so much junk spiritually that are hearts for God have waxed gross. In other words, you're filled with layers of fear and layers of worry to the point where you even distrust God. God says, I will be with you. If I hear, I'm not alone when we're in church. But I'm on my own. God, are you there? Because sometimes I'm calling you and it seems like your number is busy. I know you still don't like me, but why are my calls entering voicemail? The heart is attacked. The heart begins to wax gross. Now observe what the word says. The word there is that that heart grows dull. So it was not created dull. Because when you have the purity of spirit with God, but why you're here. When you have the purity of spirit with God, before God said something, you understood it. God cracked the joke, you completed it for him. Somebody was walking and God said, give. You say, I was already thinking about it. You were in the frequency with God. But now, you've eaten so much junk and you've taken your burger on the go. How do you know you're eating junk in the spirit? Because everything is fast, fast. You used to have an hour of prayer. Now you have a moment of prayer. Before, your revelation was pounded yam quality. Now, it is meat pie flakes. Like you nibble in your devotion before you could read a whole book of the Bible. And as I speak to you, I gotta tell you that that there are sins in my life where I've backslidden from. I read a book of the Bible a week, that's what I try to do. The epistles I try to go through at least one epistle a week, but there have been times in my life I didn't even finish reading the chapter. 
So I'm not talking down on you or abusing you. I'm challenging somebody to stop snibbling and flicking off just John 3 16 and Psalm 23 and Psalm 91 and immerse yourself in the pool of revelation because you are too much in a hurry, too much in a haste. You remember those drive through things or dri drive through? I think there's one in Bagada right there on the run. On the run, you're always on the run. You don't even come out of your car or come out of your character. To eat what God is offering. You always got, I'm in a hurry. God, give me a word on the go. On the go. That's what you do. Look at somebody says on my table right now. You're on the go. On the go. A word on the go. You version. Some of you literally read it on the go. This people's heart is waxed. So folks, Isn't that so? Where's the place of meditation? Because you can't eat effectively on the go. And sometimes when you try to eat on the go, you choke. So some people are choking, choking on the right revelation. Because you're not applying the right digestive system. I'll talk about them in the second service. For the word that is coming to your spirit. Number four, you don't have enough to fight diseases. When you're filled with junk, what happens? You don't have enough resources to fight diseases. What does the psalmist say? The psalmist says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. What does that mean? God's word provides the antibodies that my spiritual system requires to fight off diseases. Spiritual ailments, spiritual diseases, spiritual opposition. Thank you for that. Spiritual diseases. God's word will provide the antibodies. Why is it that sometimes somebody goes for a medical checkup and the doctor says, you're fine. There is nothing wrong with you. I just need to give you some supply. What, what does that mean? The supplements are supplements. The things your body was supposed to supply. The things your body were meant to supply by themselves. How many of you know that your body is a drugstore? Look at somebody say you're always on drugs. You, you didn't see that comment say, I reject it in Jesus' name. I bind this pastor. I will never be on drugs in the name of Jesus. High five. I don't mean it like that. Is it for your first time? First time? Okay, welcome. Everybody, let's celebrate. Come so your body is filled with drugs, chemicals, hormones, things that shoot in here and there. That's why they take a sample of your blood and they can tell a lot about your history because you are what you eat. So some of us, we've eaten things that have confused the supplement, the, the drugs, the hormones in our bodies. They are now officially confused. The fat structure has been reconfigured. By the way, the second service I'll show a video for those who are still going to be here. It tells you something that the fact that you are trim on the inside does not mean you are not fat on the inside. The fact that you are trim on the outside does not mean you are not fat on the inside. So your body can be like mine and let me tell you what, it's not the size of the body that determines your fitness. 
there are people who are big big body that are fitter than people who are slim and acting like I got it together it's not about the size it's about your sustainability when the demand comes when you have to live things when you have to move things together and so similarly somebody can look humble in the natural but inside their minds the fat of pride and ego and self-centeredness have clogged up the heart and the mind so they are not manifesting the love of God the power of God the glory of God the increase of God even though they quote the scripture they don't know the word because you quote the scripture with your mouth but you reflect the word with your life come on somebody and God says I don't want a church that is filled with amens and hallelujahs but on the inside people are broken and distressed and tired I want real people who will be able to stand and say God strip the fat in me so I can be lean and flexible and malleable and strong enough to go everywhere you want me to go without being sloppy and sluggish and slow in my movement i want to be able to run what does it say they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as of eagles may our wings not be too weighty to fly may our legs not be too heavy to run may our feet not be too tired to move in the direction of God's will look at somebody say no more no more no more junk food oh come and slap somebody a high five tell them no more no more no more junk food I came to preach to somebody this morning look at somebody say no more junk food I'm not eating the meat pie of misery anymore I'm not eating the chocolate of a cheesy and cheeky disposition anymore I'm not going around to eat the candy of carnality and, and the coconuts of cruelty come on somebody I'm not going with the cake of a cantankerous disposition no more junk food not somebody high five say he's talking to me right now he's talking to me right now I'm not going to patronize the supermarket of sin and the supermarket of superficiality I'm not going to patronize oh yes that dining room of dangerous existence where I pick up anything on the platter the fact that it's available does not mean it is useful the fact that it's available does not mean it's profitable the fact that it's there does not mean I must take it father we ask that you carry out surgery this morning wherever there is junk in our minds and junk in our thoughts and junk in our thinking and junk in our ideology wherever we've carried weight and burdens and years where in fact we had no business digesting those things father strip them away father tear them down father pluck them out no more junk food no more junk food no more feeding off the works of the flesh what are some of the things remain prayerful Zonde Kabaya what are some of the things that constitute junk anything that feeds your appetite for the world is junk food anything by the way a message can be junk food anything that feeds that wants you to be more fleshly more carnal love money more love yourself 
more than you love Christ? That's junk food. That's one. Number two, anything that fits and feels pity party. Pity party. Hey, uh, look at this, look at you, look at that. That's junk food. Number three, false doctrine, contaminated theology. That's junk food. False doctrine, contaminated theology. Junk food. Some preach that gain is godliness. Some preach legalism, the works of the flesh. Some preach righteousness, but that's junk food. Because it's going to slow down your system so that you can worship and love and bless God the way you should. Because your spiritual system was not designed to digest that. So it, it has to struggle with guilt and tears and burdens and all of that. Number four, anything that is not in the Word of God it could be a good philosophy. When I say not in the Word, as it doesn't agree with the principles of the Word, with the person of the Word and the principles of the Word. So I'm not saying anything that is not written in the Bible, though. No. I'm saying if it's not in alignment with the person of Christ, the teachings of Christ, that's true. The many more have to give those four supplies. Let me give you one more on those seven things. One of them is this. The junk food actually still causes you to starve. Because the body has not gotten what it needs. So it's still hungry. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He says, he that comes to me will never hunger, will never thirst. So when you eat, Dora, you're going to have life on the inside of you. And that life is going to be a wellspring of the last life. You'll be able to give other people of that life that you carry. That life that you carry. Another one, it can reduce lifespan. Reduce lifespan. Number seven, it reduces the strength of the bones. So junk food, especially for ladies, it increases the rate of the possibility of osteoporosis, which basically means the weakness of the bones. That's why sometimes somebody is in their 50s or 60s, they have an accident with a broken bone, and then the bone cannot heal. In some cases, never heals. In many cases, things need too long to heal. Because through years, how, how does that affect the bones? Because you know that the bone marrow actually is a reflection of the overall health of the body. You know the marrow? Where you have, I think it's the red blood cells, the red blood cells. Which ones are inside the bone marrow? The white one? Yeah. And so that speaks of the overall health of the body. Now the Bible says that God's word is healing to their flesh and health to their bones. To the strength. So God's word, I'll talk about football champions and second service. God's word is the strength of your structure of your life. And the word says concerning Jesus, none of his bones was broken. He was talking about his body physically. And that's why he gave up the spirit so that they won't have to break his bones. But I believe it also has theological implications as to the believer's structure can never be broken because it's one with the Lord. He that is one with the Lord is joined with him. So the structure of your life cannot be broken. But the enemy does not mind breaking the physical bones of your body. But that would never happen to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we stand today, first of all, asking for mercy. In many areas and many ways, we have violated your principles. 
Therefore, regarding our health, physical health, mental health, or spiritual health, the Father, we obtain mercy today by the finished work of the blood of Jesus. We bring repentance, O oh Lord. We expose our hearts and say, Lord, we are sorry for going against your preferred, your ordained, your pattern, your template. We ask, O oh Lord, for healing now to flow. Help us to know that the things that we've grown up on are inferior to the things you've ordained us for. Help us to make the necessary adjustments in our daily lives. Some of us need to cut out white sugar. Some of us need to cut out soda. Some of us need to cut out chocolate cake that is reduce the intake. For many people, it's going to be tough to cut them out, but they can reduce. And so, Father, through the instrumentality of your spirit and your power, with the person of the spirit, the instrumentality of your power, we receive wisdom. We receive strength. Be there any part of our bodies that have been violated by these chemicals and toxins, any part of our minds and our hearts. We speak restoration in the name of Jesus. We speak healing for every heart. We speak redemption for every home. We speak transformation for every life. We speak growth and greatness in the name of Jesus. I speak wholeness in the name of Jesus. Speak strength in the name of Jesus. Receive a new wind, a new beginning. Particularly for the mind, for those who have taken an, taken an offense. Gambling, images, pictures, negative orientation, sexual images, encounters, the things that go beyond the stomach of the body to the stomach of the mind, the things that have lingered long, Father, let there be a divine purging process, a purifying in this moment. Purge those images, remove the trash. We enter the recycle bin. We are not going to restore the files. We are not going to restore those files. We delete them. We delete them. We delete them. We'll give you praise and glory, God. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. The generation is rising. An emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.